This show is a part of the FM Podcast Network. Visit us at fmpods.com. When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call them a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. Minasama konnichiwa. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one concert at a time. Proud member of the FM Podcast Network. I'm your host, the freewheeling Rob Kelly. And joining us once again for a special live field report is Jason MD. Hi, Jason. Welcome back. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for coming back so soon. Now, we had talked about doing this once you had gotten tickets for Bob, because you saw Bob. Well, why don't you tell, why am I talking? Why don't you tell everybody? Where did you just see Bob? Saw Bob at the Aichi Arts Entertainment Complex Center. I forget the exact name of the venue in Nagoya, Japan. So he did, I think, three nights in Osaka, five nights in Tokyo, and then three nights in Nagoya. So Nagoya is about 20 minutes away from where I live by train. So wow. within, within, within reach. Amazing. Now he did about two weeks in Japan from beginning to end. Which mm-hmm. is kind of amazing. I mean, Bob obviously has a quite a large contingent of fans out there to do two whole weeks, uh, while he was there. And as anybody who's been following Bob, he's really, he really decided to pull out the stops while he was in the second leg of this Japan tour because he mm-hmm. started every night almost doing, uh, near the end of the main body of the, the show, a different Grateful Dead's cover. Every night. Now, again, we'll get to all that, but I mean, let's start at the beginning, Jason. Like, have you been to this place before? Have you seen other concerts at this place? Only once. I went to go see REM at this venue in 2006, I think it was. 2005 or 2006. And I was in the REM fan club at the time, so we got fourth row seats, Mm. which was, it was wonderful, but it was also terrifying. You know, it was... (laughs) It was a very strange experience to be that, you know, when they're looking at you and pointing at you and making eye contact with you <laughs> and so on. Well, I wasn't used to that. It's never happened to me before. But apart from that, it was a, it's a lovely venue. It's sort of, it's an opera theater, really. So the best acoustics I'd ever heard. So when we heard that Bob was playing there, I thought, right, it's going to be terrific if it's as good as I remember it, you know. So I was really looking forward to it. And this time, although I'm not in the Bob Dylan fan club, if there is such a thing, uh, <laughs> we got 10th row tickets. So I thought, not bad, not too shabby. Yeah. How big of a haul is this? Okay, so I've heard conflicting reports, but I, somebody who's often goes there to see opera told me that it's 2,500 seats. However... It was, a lot of it seemed to be closed off last night. All of the balconies were closed off. So it was Mm. just the seats on the floor. So I think I was talking with my dad about it today. I said, what do you reckon? About a thousand people? He said maybe just under a thousand last night. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty intimate show. Yes. Very intimate. And I don't know if this was, if he was doing the same thing on the shows in the States, but it was a a phone free show. Oh, he's definitely doing that in the States. Yeah. Yeah, there was, everybody was checked coming in and they took your phone, asked you to turn it off and, and then they put it in some high tech space bag that <laughs> you, you couldn't open, you know, during the show. And I, I don't even have a smartphone, Rob. I have a, an ancient, uh, flip phone that, you know, does nothing. <laughs> I, I'm, it's sort of shockingly old. And, uh, and I said, do you really want to put this in the space? And the, 
the poor woman at the you know she started she was looking around for help and she just said yeah, i better put it in the in the bag I said, okay because i can't do anything i can't film the show with this she said i can barely in. get phone calls in this thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly shooting, I, i'm not shooting high-rise video or anything wow nope. no they, uh, they haven't been doing that in america i at least i have my experience he's not been having like this by the way i think uh high-tech space bag is my favorite rem record of all the ones they've done <laughs> he wasn't they weren't doing that for us it was just put your phone away Turn it off the minute the show starts. And if anybody got it out, somebody from the wings went and grabbed yeah. you and grabbed the foot. Like they were really on it. So, um. yeah. But this, I, at one point during, um, I think it's my least favorite song on the Rough and Rowdy Ways record, which is, uh, Black Rider. So when that came on, you know, I, you may not know this about me, Rob Kelly, but I have the <laughs> smallest and most anxious bladder in all of Japan, possibly all of Asia. I don't know. <laughs> So when it got to Black Rider, I thought, okay, I'm off to the can. And um, this has never happened to me before at any concert in Japan. On the way back to my seat, I was stopped at the door back into the hall. You know, staff member said, you need to wait until this song is over before we let you go back to your seat. I thought, okay. So I got to stand there and just the end, you know, to get to the washrooms, it's slightly elevated above the, the floor. So I got to just stand there and and look at, and it was really, into, although a thousand people, but with everybody watching the stage, it was, I don't know the last time I've seen anything like that, where nobody was screwing around with their phones or playing Tetris or sending messages or filming or watching the whole thing through their phones, right? Everybody's attention was focused right on the stage. It was quite remarkable. It's been a long time since I've seen anything like that. And that did contribute to this kind of weird ambiguous intimacy that was there ambiguous because you know uh can't say bob was being particularly intimate with us right, right. <laughs> we were trying to be intimate with him but it, it, you know what is it un, un uh, unrequited love is such a bore this famous <laughs> line oh, i don't not that he doesn't love us but it was weird to see have this totally focused a thousand people totally focused on the stage and then the way the stage was set up he his his piano was quite far back from from the from the lip of the stage hmm. uh and so people that you know paid the, for the golden tickets or whatever right in the first nine rows you know they weren't that much closer to him than us because his the piano he's got this baby grand i think and that was set really far back from the lip of the stage so for half of it when he sat down you couldn't see it just a little just a little halo of hair over the top was all you could see half of the time, right? So you've got a thousand people looking at this little, little puff of hair over the piano. <laughs> so I call that ambiguously intimate. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you went with your dad, right? Yes. I went with my dad and, uh, my two best pals over here, David White and Stephen McKenna, both of who have been on my podcast and they're my, uh, they're my fleet footed guides from the underworld, man. Um, <laughs> David White lives just north of Tokyo, and he came down specifically for this show. And it was his first time to see to see Bob. Oh, um, wow. and it was the fifth time for both for Steve, my dad, and I. This, for all three of us, it was our fifth time. Right, uh, so. uh, but see, my dad and I had tickets to go see Dylan in Tokyo in 2020 when there were all these rumors that this little flu out of China was going to shut it down. And I remember mm. talking to people on the phone, "They're not going to." cancel it because of some flu uh and then well look what happened so this was our revenge on that so <laughs> yeah it was just I, my dad didn't come over specifically to see dylan we we're just lucky that the timing worked out but yes so it was the four of us together well that's fantastic so okay this was the next to last show the last one he did was on the 20th and now 
He's taking, I noticed the set, there's not another group of dates until, uh, I think he's in Portugal in June. Yes. So there's a yeah. whole month off where, you know, he could record a new album or something. Uh, but it's, so the set list is watching the river flow, most likely you go your way and I'll go mine. I could see multitudes, false prophet. When I pay my masterpiece, black rider, my, that's the one he went to the bathroom for mm-hmm. my own version of you. I'll be your baby tonight, crossing the Rubicon to be alone with you. Key West philosopher pirate. Got to serve somebody. I've made my mind. Uh, I made up my mind to give myself to you. Not fade away. Mm. Mother of muses. Goodbye, Jimmy Reed and every grain of sand. What was your review of the show? Well, I mean, although I hate I, you, probably the same, Rob. I hate movie reviews that start off. When I woke up this morning, you know, you could shut up. Nobody cares about your stupid life. Get to the movie. So I'll skip all the the pre-show glee and uh, rough and rowdiness. Um, but when we, got, when we got to the venue, we were loitering around outside having a can because you can drink in public in Japan. No big deal. And a fr- very friendly foreigner, I think an American guy, came up and just gave us all Bob Dylan live in Japan stickers that, you know, he's just distributing them freely. It was nice. To uh, friendly looking people. We thought, great. So we go in and, like I said, 10th row, center. And my dad was already there and he he was talking to this woman sitting next to him. And she was this Australian woman. That night was her 99th Bob concert and she had tickets for the next show too. So a hundred and she'd see, yeah, she'd seen all of the shows in, in Japan so far. And we thought, who has that kind of money and time? It must be nice. It's nice for some. So, she, and then she was sort of leaned over and said, so you guys, have you been following the set list and so on? You know, he's not playing the hits, right? We said, yeah, we've, we've heard that. Don't worry. So we're just sitting there excited and looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, David White, we're, cause we're, you know, you, you're sort of analyzing the stage, which was really dim and it didn't brighten up much when they came on. They kept it really dark with that big red curtain and the piano way back and, uh, I remember David White saying, that stage contains multitudes, never mind Dylan, you know, we're trying to figure out what's going on. And there were a couple of mics set up right at the lip of the stage. So, oh, maybe he's going to come out and, uh, you know, to the front. But he never did. Nobody ever did. And we were wondering if they were recording the show. I know you've talked about a possible live album based around this tour. It looked like it might have been set up for that. Not trying to I don't manifest sure. it into happen. I mean, manifesting. Yeah, if we yeah. talk about it enough. <laughs> so we were, uh, yeah, just really excited and uh, and looking forward to it. And again, David White's first time, so he was possibly just slightly more excited than us. And yeah, then the the lights went. They dimmed even more, and everyone started clapping. And then music started. We couldn't see him. Like, where is he? You know, again, he's behind the piano. What? what? What's he doing? And he's just playing. Uh, was the first one when I uh, paid my masterpiece? Oh uh, no, the first one. Was oh watching no, watching the river, the river flow. flow. Excuse me, watching yeah. the river flow. Yeah, but it sounded great. The acoustics really are terrific in there. Um, and at at my advanced age, Rob, I, I like that we could sit down. You know that, uh, and nobody was. <laughs> if I was seventeen or something, you know, I would have been. Oh, come on, come on. But it was nice to, and again, just to be front and center with this beautiful sound and sitting down and, and joyful. It was terrific. And again, he would sort of stand up and play a bit and sit down and there'd, there'd be a solo or something and he'd stand up a bit and sit down. And I turned to David White and said, how, how, how far do you think we are from him? And <laughs> David White, who is from the UK said, Hmm, we're approximately 25 trouser lengths from the stage. <laughs> I said, 
Is that how you measure it? <laughs> Never heard that before. I don't know if that's an idiosyncratic thing of his or official UK measurement. But and then this woman that was sitting next to my father would lean over and say, "Shh," because we weren't allowed to talk while while Bob was playing. Wow, um, you know it was that kind of. And I've just written down in my notebook the dim stage. Can't see the hero really; just a halo of hair. And I, yeah, because that's again. But you could see his legs, which was sort of interesting, because uh, they'd be sort of you know bopping around and and moving. So yes, it went on again. Uh, I oh, false prophet. For some reason, that's really been in my mind a lot. I've just been listening to it a lot recently, so that was really terrific. And then yeah, Black Rider. I was off to the can. Then it was the for near near the end, past the halfway part key west got to serve somebody i've made up my mind and not fade away this, this solid block of pure delight it was phenomenal key west was especially phenomenal earlier talking with david we, we'd been talking about the album and what songs we liked and so on and he'd been saying I, I really like the music on key west but the lyrics don't do much for me it's always a disappointment but this time he said it just keeps getting better and better and then we were huh. shushed again you know stop shh, stop talking oh okay <laughs> sorry uh, it really was. It was lovely. Key West was really lovely. And then Gotta Serve Somebody really cooked. I made up my mind was, it was gorgeous. And then I knew, cause I just seen, you know, I was trying not to see set lists and so on from Tokyo. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to know if there were any, you know, but I'd accidentally seen that he'd played trucking at one of the shows. And I'm, I'm not a big Grateful Dead guy. So I thought, okay, I, he could play whatever he wants, but I'm not particularly looking forward to that. And then I think he had played Not Fade Away once in Tokyo as well. But David asked me if I'd seen, he said, he's done another cover. Do you know what it is? And I said, no. He says, do you want to know? I said, no, it's probably <laughs> trucking anyway. And then, cause I've had a bootleg of Bob doing not fade away. I think at Brixton Academy from the nineties sometime. Yeah. Like, I've heard so, him do it before. Yeah. It's great. Like I re I've always really liked it. I've always really liked that song a lot, actually. So then when he went into it, I instantly recognized it. And I thought, Oh, great. I just went berserk. Actually, it was, it was, it was great. That was my transcendent moment. And when I asked my gang there what their transcendent moments were, David White said, ah, oh, Key West. My dad said, uh, every grain of sand. And Tom mm-hmm. said the harmonica solo in every grain of sand. So a nice spread around the set list there. Yeah. It was marvelous. And then at the end, after every grain of sand, he, Bob sort of toddled out to the edge of the stage and stood there looking very frail. It was kind of a strange moment because he just played this wonderful show and is in, in fine voice throughout. It was easy to forget. He's going to be 82 next month. And he did look very frail standing there. It was, we'd forgotten how old he was. And then suddenly there he was looking his age and, uh, Japanese audiences, concert audiences tend to be very attentive and very respectful. And there's not a lot of whooping and screaming and craziness. Uh, so it's sort of at the end of every song, there would be respectful applause. And then that's it, right? Except maybe one guy you hear yelling, Bob, one guy. Uh, and then, yeah, same at the end. Everybody stood up and clapped and he stood there. And then the lights came up and that was it. And we just wandered out and going, clapping each other on the back and going, wasn't that fantastic? Let's go get a drink. Yeah. It was a, just a wonderful night. And I'm still sort of buzzing from it. You know, that was Wednesday night and it's Saturday night now. And it's my dad and I were talking this morning about how concert like that, you keep remembering little bits of it and you're still reliving it. You know, it's only sinking in properly a couple of days later. 
So he didn't yeah. talk to the crowd at all? Uh, there was, he did introduce the, the band at one point and he coughed once. That was as, as close okay. as he got. Yeah. No, he didn't say anything else. Cause there were other nights where he's been making up all these intros for the band. Like he's been saying, Oh, this guy was in Bonanza and this guy played with Bruce Springsteen and this guy, like he's make, he's just being goofy. Uh, yeah. so that's interesting that he didn't, that he didn't. I don't think he did. Quiet that but- night. Maybe I was David White and I were talking, and the girl, that woman was saying, Shh, "And we missed all the, you know, I don't know." Well, then possible. that woman was right to be shushing yes. you, David. You're missing important stuff. So, <laughs> so when he did, like, not that Bob really, I get it, get the sense, pays attention to this stuff at all. But like, are the great, do the Grateful Dead have a particularly large following in Japan that he waits until Japan to decide to do like his Grateful Dead review? <laughs> like, yeah, so I don't strange. think so. You'd think that it would. Not this kind of crowd. This was a, for the most part, a middle-aged crowd, mm. right? Of sort of serious Bob people, you know, that nobody there, there weren't any teeny boppers there going, where's, uh, you know, where's that one about getting stoned all the time? It, you know, everybody there seemed to know what was happening, what to expect and to be uh, pleased with what was happening. Right. But as for Grateful Dead, no, you'd think that you'd pull that kind of stunt in the States, right? right. They would, but <laughs> exactly. just leave it up to Bob to, yeah, go figure. So not that I know of, but I don't move in those circles. So I'm, I couldn't really tell you, but I don't think so. Interesting. So what are, how are you feeling about these, these uh, rough and ready way songs in live performance now that you've got to see, I mean, you've been hearing them for a couple of like almost yeah. uh, more than a year, almost two years now, but what, what, what was it like to hear them played in front of you? It was, um, I'll have to admit that it it's it it injected some energy back into the album for me. I hadn't been listening to it that much. It was you know I I got it as soon as it came out and thought oh it's, this is terrific and um but then again my favorite track on it is Murder Most Foul which is you gotta you gotta get ready for that you know you, <laughs> someday <not> just, <laughs> someday <laughs> yes, he's gonna I whip know. that one out you know it I mean clearly he didn't know I was gonna be there that night because he. You know, as you pointed out, he didn't open with ISIS and close with up to me. Up to me. (laughs) You know, he got some bad info about when I was going to be there. But no. Maybe maybe if you were part of the fan club, he'd know that. I don't know. (laughs) Is there an official fan club? I don't, probably not. There, (laughs) was there ever one? I mean, there was like Beatles, certainly, but like. Yeah, and the Kiss Army. Yeah. The the Kiss Army, exactly. I don't know. Huh. Anyway, no, it, um, it has rejuvenated my interest in the record, actually, which had been flagging. So it sent me straight back to it. I've been, I was walking around earlier tonight listening to it or listening to the shows, the songs that he played at the show. And, um, again, Black Riders, that's still not doing much for me, but I can't get enough of, uh, recently False Prophet and Key West, particularly. Mm-hmm. Those are just really doing my head in, especially False Prophet, man. Wow. What I forget which guest was it tara that came out to talk about yeah yeah about that and when she said just listening to it makes you feel two feet taller yeah like that yeah yeah which yep. she's spot on it's totally right so <laughs> yeah no it was great to 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 see them live and to then go okay i'm gonna need to you know i gotta stop listening to desire all the time and go <laughs> spend some more time with this album the one song that i felt didn't really i could feel a dip in audience energy was uh goodbye jimmy reed really just, yeah 
uh, and even <laughs> it wasn't just me. Even David thought so too. He said, "Yeah, this is not really connecting with the crowd." Which huh. that's supposed to be the sort of barn burner, right? Yeah. And I don't know. It just didn't. Maybe after not fade away. And then, you know, Mother Amuses and then Goodbye, Jimmy Reed. And then sort of we knew we we're getting close to the end. I don't know, but you could just feel a dip in the room's energy somehow. Uh, so that's not sure why, because it's you'd think that would pump them up again. But I think it was like we shot our wad on not fade away, sort of, you know, the whole room did. Everybody was going wild. Right. So but yes, it was great to hear them live. And uh uh, yeah, I'm back at back at the record after because it's a couple of years, three years since it came out. Is that right? Yeah, it'll be almost three years old in June. Okay. Did you feel well? Because you saw this tour as well, right? I did. Yeah. How did you feel about hearing these songs live? I mean, I I look, I very much enjoy. I love that record. I mean, that is, I think, of all of of his 21st century records, it's my second favorite. After uh, the after modern times, I know, I know you. What you the? and I just don't agree about that. <laughs> I love, I love modern times. I know so much. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was fantastic to hear these songs again. I I will say for me, when I saw him do Key West, that did not work for me super well mm-hmm. live. It's the to me the uh, your friend which one which friend was the one who's like David lyrically White. it's a little David. Yeah. I can't, I can't wrap my head around that. I mean, part of it is the the tune of Key West is so beautiful, yeah, that I could almost see that maybe like you're thinking lyrically it doesn't hold up to this, but that's only because the tune is so gorgeous, you know, it's so evocative and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was maybe a, a missing a little from the live version, but um, that's interesting to, to for you to say that the crowd kind of lost its focus a little on Goodbye Jimmy Reed, because to me that's just such a fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. You do kind of know that's the, that's really the end of the concert with Evergreen of Sand is like the epilogue, you know, like the mm-hmm. quiet epilogue. So um, in terms of um the new arrangements, because you've got got to serve somebody, which has been kind of recast as this rock song. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to be alone with you, which features, I think, maybe one line from the actual original song. <laughs> it's just been completely <laughs> rewritten. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what were your, some of your favorite just single performance? I mean, you mentioned what your, all your, your, your party felt about your dad, like they were great as him, but was there one thing that you really thought was like your favorite of the night in terms of different arrangements um, or just any of it, really just something that you were just like, pow, you know, like, Oh boy, I'm, I'm having this moment. I, I have that with every Bob concert where there's at least one song where I feel mm-hmm. like it really gets under my skin and I go, that's the one. That's the moment I'm having in this concert. And it's yeah. been leading up to that. And now maybe it's going to fade from that. But this, wherever that is, that's the one moment I'll remember. Well, prob- again, probably not fade away. But mm-hmm. for original stuff, probably Key West, especially when he got to that line about, I was born on the wrong side of the railroad track, like Ginsburg, Corso, and Kerouac. And I thought... He, Bob Dylan, I'm in the same room as Bob Dylan and he's singing about Jack Kerouac and I'm here with my father in Japan. You know, what on earth? You know, if somebody had told me when I was 16 that this would ever happen, I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's never going to happen. Yeah. That, I just remember that line came through. Uh, what did Ringo Starr once say? Just like an arrow in the brain. It just really hit home. And I thought, great. Nice one. So probably Key West. Uh, for the original material, but just for pure rock excitement, not fade away. Yeah. And uh, got to serve somebody just behind that too. Cause that, mm. that rocked up version really does kick ass. 
And there were little, you know, but it was, again, just sitting there uh, comfortably. And we had a, Mr. David White and I had a, I don't know what you call them in the States, Rob. In Canada, we call them a Mickey. Do you know what a Mickey is? In in America, that means like like a, a drink with something in it. Right. So that's not what it means in, in Canada. Mickey is, okay. it's uh, 300, I think it's 375 milliliters of liquor. It's like, like a pint, a pint oh, bottle. okay. Does that make okay. sense to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, is that what you'd call it in the States? Would you say, uh, give me a pint bottle of I, I, uh, I, Uzo? I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, nobody, I guess so. Yeah, you would use a pint, I guess is how you would say it. It's kind of, you know, it's perfect for like brown bag on the street in mm-hmm. some alleyway, I think. Right. Anyway, because right. um, I, I thought I'm bringing one of those in. And when I showed it to David White before we went in, he said, geez, I think I need one of those too. So we ran to the closest 7-Eleven where you can buy Mickey's of whiskey in Japan. And then when we were approaching the, you know, the to, to go in, when they said, you know, there's a sign that said body check. And that's where I had to seal up our phones. We thought body check. So we both, we said rough and rowdy, which is our excuse for all kinds of bad behavior that evening. <laughs> we shoved them down our trousers, right? As you do. And of course we weren't, there was no body check. So as we waddled in with, with whiskey in our underwear. Anyway, so we're sitting there enjoying the concert and passing this, these Mickeys back and forth. So having a drink, listening to Bob, just enjoying it without, again, at this age, sitting down and appreciating. I've, in my younger years, I found concerts kind of a little disconcerting because I never quite knew what to do at a concert. You know, are, are you supposed to, is it a, is it a party? Or is it a, are you supposed to pay super duper attention to changes in the music or is it a visual thing or what? Like some people, uh, that's just because it's partly my anxious bladder and just being an anxious person, I guess, but I never, quite was comfortable at concerts i couldn't quite figure out how to do it uh, but this one just sitting there enjoying a bit of whiskey with david white being shushed by this australian woman and enjoying each song black rider accepted as they came up that's what it was like so yeah there would be little things like you go oh that's a different line or or there are bits where tony garnier was you know, <laughs> i just remember at one point i forget what song it was in i think i made a note of it but sort of oh i think it was in jimmy reed yeah Bob was playing some kind of weird chords, you know, bonk, bang, and Garnier sort of leaning around him to look at the keyboard. What's go- what on? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be little things like that that we'd noticed because we were close enough to see that kind of stuff. But it was it was nice to sit there and relax and just enjoy every song as it came. And and I did find it very comfortable and enjoyable. Maybe that's because I'm getting old, or maybe because I don't know. But that's what it was like. I would love for him to talk about when he does these interviews, which are, you know, rare, but I would, I would love to hear him talk about or be asked about what he does to put, and maybe he would not be interested in this. I'm, I, you know, I'm sure you get a chance to talk to Bob Dylan, you, the, the very specific structures of what you can ask about. But anyway, I would love to ask him about like, what is it like building this concert set list? You know what I mean? Like what, what mm. are his thoughts about it? Because like, it's interesting to me that he's playing what nine of the 10 rough and rowdy ways songs, but they are not in the order of the record. No. Nope. Now, obviously he's, he's interpolating other songs. And so he's trying to come up with some sort of ebb and flow of it. But it's just interesting to me that like black rider come, like I contain multitudes is the first song on both the record mm-hmm. and yeah. live. 
false prophet. Okay, but then you got Black Rider. But then my own version of you comes after Black Rider, which it does not on the record. And then you've got crossing the Rubicon right in the middle, which is, mm-hmm. of course, near the end. And then you've got Key West kind of, you know, and then, you know, Goodbye. And then Mother of Muses and Goodbye Jimmy Reed, obviously, he's probably put there because it is such a rave up. But that's interesting to me that he 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 recontextualizes it, which I guess is what he does all the time. But I would love to know when he's sitting there, how does he figure this out? And like, why does why is the the uh, Grateful Dead random song? Why is that the fourth song from the end? Like, right. just it's interesting to me why he was doing that. And so when you were when you were there, when he mm-hmm. started playing "Not Fade Away," could you get a sense of the crowd knew what it was quickly? Because I watched some. I watched another version of it that he did uh, on YouTube and the crowd knew it immediately. Mm. And now part of it, that song does have a distinctive melody to it, but it, the fact that they knew it almost right from the beginning made me think, Oh, a lot of these people must be hip to what he's doing already. Cause they, they kind of, they must seem, they already know what this song is before he's ever even said a word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't know about the, I guess he's just, a big Garcia guy, right? Weren't they super duper pals? Oh, yeah, and, they were, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe he's just been thinking about Jerry. Maybe that's why the, but not fade away made me think, you know, cause does he talks about going to see Buddy Holly, right? Early when he was 15 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Have he got used, the Grammy for the time out of mind, he said he went to Buddy Holly right. and he looked at me, you know, which yeah, is, I think yeah. one of like the last shows Bob Buddy Holly ever did. Yeah. And then that's got a, I mean, because the Stones had a hit with that early on too, right? And that connects to those British bad boys, the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe looking for connections where there aren't any. Maybe I don't know. It's hard to say. I, it's, but some of the other, a lot of like watching the river flow. Most likely, you go your way. Um, when I paint my masterpiece, and even I'll be your baby tonight. All aren't those all on from Shadow Kingdom as well? Yeah, that's true. A lot of these are Shadow Kingdom. Is To Be Alone With You from Shadow Kingdom also? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, don't you're putting me on the spot. I don't exactly yeah. remember. Because that's just been announced that that's coming out yeah. too, right? Yeah. In June. So this seems sort of a just a melding of two projects, right? <laughs> and and maybe it's a way to hype a live album of the tour plus the Shadow Kingdom CD. I mean, that's a cynical way of looking at it maybe, but on the other hand, why not? Uh, I just thought that's what he's been working on recently. The last two projects were Rough and Rowdy Ways and Shadow Kingdoms. And because those seems to be the, the, the versions of things like watching the river flow, right? That he's, that he's doing. It's very mm-hmm. similar to the Shadow Kingdom stuff. So, uh, maybe he really enjoyed doing that. And that's what he wanted to, to stick on to this. And pr- presumably he's got somebody who's going, but Bob, could you please do? Blown in the wind. Could you please do, you <laughs> like know, a rolling lady stone. Lady, like a roll? No. Could you please do watchtower? Watchtower. No, never again. You know, all right. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be fascinating to ask him how these, cause it is a show, right? Whatever else it is. It's a, it's an experience that some thought has gone into, but it's, it's mysterious, isn't it? Which is maybe how it should be. What I would like to ask Bob given the chance and my dad and I were talking about this today was, Oh, cause we were watching on YouTube. What is the, um, the rolling thunder thing that he shot in Florida and then rejected. And that's why they had to do the hard rain concert. You know the one I mean where it's indoors. Yeah. 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 I I'm blanking on what it was, but yeah, it's I know not what you're like a about. clear water. Is that it? Clear I think water, maybe I don't know. Somebody's like yelling that. at but you know the one right I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. So we were watching that and, and talking about Dylan and, my dad said, 
I wonder if you asked him, you know, what some of his, you know, what what shows stick out to him. You know, does would he say, oh, you know, Night Two in Nagoya was a really good show, or has it just been a blur for so long? You know,、mm. hundreds of shows a year. And my theory was that he'd probably say some of the really early ones, you know, when the cement is still wet. He'd talk about, you know, Greenwich Village shows, or maybe that Carnegie Hall show, or you know, something early. It would be hard. Yeah, no, Night Seven in Prague in 1994 was、right. a particularly good right, one. Yeah, you know, hard to say. But then, you know, why keep doing it? That's another mystery, right? What? Why does he do it? Do you have a theory on this?、Oh, good lord! I mean, I, I. I mean, you know, we were trying to get in his head. I I always assumed by interviews he's given and my own, you know, estimation of being a fan after you know thirty years is just that he the the work to him has to live in the moment, and the way it lives in the moment is by doing it live. You know, like that's、mm. every single night he is in that moment creating that thing. Right then and there, and maybe it comes alive, and it he discovers something in it that he never had before, or once had, and tried to get back, and that's how you do it. Is just every night you're giving, every night you're giving a chance for watching the river flow to come alive again. Again, it's not funny to me that he's opening these shows with, yeah, what's the matter with me? I don't have much to say, which is like the most <laughs> you know ridiculous thing.、Um, But I, I always feel like that—that's what it is. And 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 in my favorite moments of hearing Bob live, whether in person or hearing a bootleg of it or something, when I discover something and I hear him go, "Wow, that this is this is this has stopped time." This version I've gone on about it with that version of Pretty Peggyo from 1992 that I bought that I happened to get on a random VHS tape 30 years ago, where I'm like, you can almost feel the crowd. And the band and Bob all realize in the moment, oh whoa, this is something special, and it、mm. and it's it's you're stopping time. It's the this thing is existing and it's being created in front of you, right in front of your very eyes and ears, and it'll never happen again in this exact way.、Yeah. Boom, there it is, and now we're moving on to the next thing. And sometimes I think he probably realizes. Part of the way into some song, ah, this isn't working. I'm just gonna go rush through it to get it done down to the next one. You know, <laughs> I think、yeah. that happens too. But I think that's kind of what it is,、um, and also, you know, for a guy as notoriously private as he is, he obviously needs us—not、mm. any one of us, but the us collectively. Why? Why else would he do all this? You know, I mean, he doesn't need the money. Obviously, you know, he does、right. it because he wants to present his art to a crowd and get that feedback from them, from you. Yeah, you know, and、yeah. so that's why he's—that's I assume that's why he's doing it, and and he、mm. is fortunate enough. That he is of such a stature that he has a structure around him that probably makes it as easy as possible for him to do those things. Yes,、um, good point. You know, like I'm like this is a tangential point, but like I don't know if you're following this nonsense at all, but like there's all this stuff going on with Twitter about the verified blue checks. I don't know if you know about that stuff at all. Nope. Yeah, but, I have got a flip phone, man. Well, all right, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, there is、Twitter. the internet, though, Jason. <laughs> but anyway, there's this whole thing where Elon Musk has taken away the blue verified checks from people who, and the whole point of the verified checks was that it's you know you're talking to the person who says that's who they are. You know, when you're talking to you know some Stephen King, right? That blue check tells you this is the real Stephen King. This is not some jerk who is calling himself Stephen King. Well, Bob、yes. Dylan has had his blue check taken away. 
right? So now anybody can create an account that says Bob Dylan. And if they amass enough followers, they might be able to fool some people. But clearly, and I've seen this, there were other musicians who were not of Bob's stature. Because who else is of Bob's stature outside of you know a handful a of couple, people? Yeah, a couple people, McCartney or something. But Bruce like Springsteen, maybe. yeah, Bruce Springsteen. But like I've seen other musicians are now on Twitter, like saying, "Hey, these other fake accounts are not me. This is the real me." And I'm like, God, they have they have to handle this themselves. You know, and they're probably like in their seventies, you know, and they're probably like, what am I doing with that? Bob doesn't have to do that. Bob has a team of people that if somebody pops up with a fake Bob Dylan account, they can probably get it suspended or whatever. He's got this team around him that makes, takes away all the ancillary nonsense that any other person has to deal with away Mm. from him. So he can just show up, be the artist and disappear. And that, you know, that's probably makes it a little easier on him. So I'm guessing that's why he's schlepping himself around the world. I mean, he's all, you know, he's spending two weeks in Japan and then he's going to, again, he's going to go to uh, Portugal or wherever he's going to go after this. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. As you said, it's, you know, he's going to be 82 in, in a couple of weeks. It's, it's just simply astounding. It is astounding. And in a way it's kind of, there's something weird about it. I, I, <laughs> No, and I don't mean that as a put down of Bob, but all those guys, McCartney too, and and Springsteen, you know, they don't seem capable of stopping, right? There's, it mm-hmm. must be addictive in some fundamental way, you know. Oh yeah. That after you've done all those tours and those mega domes and so on, and you're sitting on the can at home, <laughs> no, I prefer the mega dome to this, you know. <laughs> Jesus. Waiting in line to get your coffee at Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah, so the <laughs> What's your name? What, what name you want to come? Uh, Bob Dylan. Bob yeah, Dylan. Bob. Okay. Yeah. All you're right. Yeah. Whatever, right, pal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just don't appear. I mean, imagine what it would be like to have a th- for for him as a small night is a thousand people. Yeah. Going on and on. Of, you, one of screaming about nights, how you know. great you are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, right, right. but again, it was a. a, a it it wasn't a screaming crowd, but it was a respectful, wow. attentive, uh, appreciative crowd, mm-hmm. right? But it, mm-hmm. and we were talking about that too. Like, is that you know, is that more? We're wondering, is that more uh, enjoyable for an artist like Bob to play to an audience like that? You know, because this goes all the way back to the to the Beatles, right? Where nobody had been listening to them for years on tour just screaming and their their musicianship had deteriorated mm-hmm. and then they arrive in tokyo at the first show at the budokan and everybody clapped when they came out and then they were quiet <laughs> and then they and apparently by all accounts they played like shit right because they weren't <laughs> used to anybody listening you know they were just rushing through songs and so on and you know their road manager said they got it together for the second show but that first one was a bit of a shock because they weren't you know <laughs> and i've often wondered if artists when they come to Japan, is that a is that a treat? You know, finally somebody's listening. It's mm. not it's not a bunch of teenagers on ecstasy screaming and jumping around. You know, it's a bunch of people who've come to listen to the music and are respectful. Or is it kind of, wow, we're used to people jumping around and screaming, and now it's this. You know, some polite clapping and then silence in the hall. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's different for each artist. It's hard to say, but. One would think that it would be sort of a treat, like they're really paying attention, and mm-hmm. uh, that's why it's it's a pleasure to tour here. You know, I don't know; I could be wrong, but yeah, well, maybe we'll, it's we'll, both. Yeah, probably. Um, so I'm, I am curious as we're, we're going to wrap up here. The boys have the boys been to a Bob Dylan concert yet? I'm guessing not. 
Do they have My any boys? Yeah, your boys. Uh, no, not yet. And they're not Bob, you know, because I'm playing Bob around the house. Sure. That's not really caught on. You know what's caught on recently? This is the level they're at. Okay, they're 12 and 10. So I'm sat here at my desk and they burst into my room uh, about two weeks ago and reenacted the final fight scene from Rocky Five. <laughs> all of it. All of the dialogue and then all of the fight, right? <laughs> That's what they like, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, well, uh, although the other, again, about two weeks ago, I went down into the kitchen and they were on, my wife Maho has a proper smartphone and they were watching the video for Daniel Powder's bad day on, on the, on the smartphone, right? I don't know if you remember that song. It's a big hit in sort of the early 2000s. So you had a bad oh, day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I went to high school with Daniel Powder. And really? Yes. <laughs> and, and I said, what are you guys doing? Daniel Powder's bad day. And they went, dad, we're studying English. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so they're not particularly interested in Bob Dylan yet, but okay. you know, Planting seeds, Rob. Planting right. seeds. Sure, it's open to them if they obviously if they ever want to get into it. They're more than it's all here. Yeah. Um. What about your your wife? Is she? I mean, clearly she's not as big on Bob as you are. But well, I mean, is? she she yeah, really. She has gone the last two shows that I have been to. She has gone with me uh, because she had she she before me. She had known him as you know she knew the hits. You know, and she yeah. liked some of them. She like she actually really likes Lay Lady Lay, and she she likes to tell me she's like she never knew that was him, you know, mm. for years because obviously the set, you know the voice is so different. Um, so she's gone to both shows, and that's been that's been great because uh, I mean, again, I have my pal Dan who will be with me uh, at the in Tulsa in June. We'll talk about that actually before we wrap up here. Um, mm. But uh, but but you know, so now the four of us get to go because it was just me and Dan for the longest time because both. Uh, Dan and I were in relationships where the, our other, our other halves were not really interested in going with us. Well, now we're, we both have new people in our lives who are interested. So we're going together, all four of us, which is fantastic. So that's been great. Um, if she wanted to stop, if, you know, if she's been to two shows now, if she was like, ah, you know what? I've, I've done it. I don't need to go again. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. But I, I appreciate that she wants to go because it's, she gets to see me and my unvarnished nerdiness. Not that she doesn't see that on a daily basis. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but she just gets to see me in my element because I'm just so excited that, you know, again, I'm in the room with the guy that never gets yeah. old. That never yeah. gets old. No, it doesn't. You know? And there should be a, a word for that, you know, a, a proper term for yeah. being in the room that just that shock of recognition. Yeah. Wow, he does move his arms and legs, you know, like, but that's also him, you know, because, of course, in the days prior to the concert with my dad here, you know, we were watching quite a lot of stuff and watching quite a lot of uh, Rolling Thunder, you know, and, and, you know, it was, of course, my dad was a, it was his records that I first heard when I was a kid. And he had a, a strange collection, Blood on the Tracks, Planet Waves, Budokan, uh, strange in, only insofar as he didn't have the 60s stuff that he mm. that got him into it in the first place. But when I asked him about it, he said, I only have those 70s records because that's when I finally had a proper job. You know, in the 60s, I was a student and I couldn't afford to buy records, you know, but, you know, then I was working. So, yeah, Planet Waves, Blood on the Tracks, uh, Budokan, uh, Street Legal. Oh, 
And yeah, so those were the sort of the records that I would pull out and, you know, what's this all about? And then for him to, you know, and I've sort of gone beyond him in my fam. So having him here and going, dad, have you ever heard this? And putting on, for example, the other day, Tangled Up and Blew Off a Real Live and to watch his face as he goes, I've never heard this, you know, this is great, you know, which it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm with you on that one. I love yeah. that version and yeah. stuff like that. And then just to get to see him, to see Bob to, together with my dad, it's, you know, it's, I have a feeling this is Bob's last trip to Japan. You know, I hate to be morbid, but it seems reasonable to assume that, you know, I'd, I hope he comes back and I'll go see him if he does. But at 82, another trip to, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know how many more times my dad is going to be able to come to Japan. Right. So mm-hmm. For this to come together, it, that was just a delight. You know, a couple of times I found myself putting my arm around my dad and just go like when he did, I'll be your baby tonight. And dad, dad, <laughs> it was great. You know, so That's great. Continue. So there's, you know, it, I didn't get into Bob till I was really in early twenties. So my kids, uh, there's some, there's a chance, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep working on them. Don't worry, man. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, Jason, thank you so much for coming back to the show so soon after the last time to give us your, again, the, the field report of what it's like. I've been, I've been seeing stuff on, on Twitter and on YouTube and it was, it was so exciting to know that you were going to be there at one of these shows and I was going to get to talk to you about it because it's, it's, you know, he comes to town, I see him and then he just, he just gone and, you know, like, okay, all right. He's Mm -hmm. off having adventures somewhere else. So. Uh, that was so cool. I'm so glad you got to see him. I'm so glad it worked out that your dad got to be there at the same time with you. That's just, that's yeah. really, that's a fantastic thing. That's a really yes, fantastic thing. So was. I'm glad you had a good time. Cheers, man. All right. So, well, uh, one thing I do want to, uh, wrap up with, uh, I just mentioned it a, a couple minutes ago is that we announced on Twitter that, uh, I will be at the Bob Dylan Center in Tulsa uh, in uh, June 2, 3, and 4 for the World of Bob Dylan event. And I will be speaking on a panel, and it is called Talking Dylan, the Bob Dylan Podcasters. And I will be joined by Craig Danuloff, who is the major domo of the FM Podcast Network, and he does the Dylan FM show. I'll be also with Laura Tenchert. Everyone knows who that is from Definitely Dylan and Daniel McKay from Hard Rain and Slow Trains podcast. So, and we will be talking about uh, podcasting about Bob Dylan. And I'm really excited. I haven't been to the center yet. Uh, and so I am really, really excited to be there. Getting to talk on a panel is really quite an honor. Just seeing my name in any sort of official capacity with the Bob Dylan Center is really yeah. quite a thrill. And I look forward to meeting a lot of other Bob Dylan fans. And I said, I'll be going with my pal, Dan, and it'll be a nice little trip for the, for the two of us. And it'll be, you know, we've been seeing shows together for 30 years. And so getting to do this with him will be really, really exciting. So the reason I'm mentioning this is we haven't quite worked out exactly what the panel is going to be yet. But one of the features could possibly be is that we are going to answer questions from either people in the crowd or submitted to to into the shows. So I'm going to say this now. Uh, there's, I have a new email address in the show notes because now we've moved the show over to the FM podcast network. If you have a question about this show or podcasting about Bob Dylan or me or whatever, <laughs> send it in. <laughs> Thank you for laughing, Jason. Send no, it I, in. I have a question. Okay. All right, well, send, well, what's your question? Or do you want to well, send it in and I'll answer it on the no, show? I, I live on air. Uh, live on air, man. What? <laughs> 
Okay. What do you hope somebody asks you? What is the question you you're really hoping somebody will will ask you? Because there's oh, got to be that. That's a that is a that's a great question. I got to think about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that would that would be. I have to ponder <laughs> that. But uh, like I said, I'm not sure what what form the panel is going to take. Just yet. there's going to be four of us. We're going to be speaking for from three thirty to five, so it's ninety minutes. So it's a good amount of time, and hopefully we can mm-hmm. all get to you know get in our get in our licks, as it were. Um, so he said, if you have a question about the panel or Bob Dylan or this show or just podcasting Bob Dylan about Bob Dylan in general, there's the email address again in the show notes. Send it in, and uh, I will. You know, I can't promise I'll necessarily get to it. But it'll, I'll, I'll have it ready and it might be something we can talk about when we're doing the actual panel. So yeah, that's coming up in June. Really, really, uh, looking forward to it. So before we wrap up here, Jason, now normally yes. I ask the exit question, but I've asked you every, every, every exit question there is because you've been on the show so much. So I'm going to ask one specific to you. Okay. If there is any, like you could go any, say you could go anywhere to go see Bob. Mm. Where would that be? Like, you know, Bob is like, Hey, hey, Jason. Um, yeah. Bring, bring on my flip phone. On oh. your phone, flip phone. This is Bob on your phone. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like, what is there a place you would love to travel to that you could only imagine what might be made even better by seeing Bob there at the same time? Um, I guess this is more of a travel question than a Bob. Question. Yeah. Is this, but it really anywhere? Anywhere. Not somewhere that he'd be. Anywhere. And, yeah. This is a, this is a fanciful question. So it doesn't matter whether he would really literally ever go there or not. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, I would love for Bob to call me up and say, I'm not going to do the voice because, you know, that's, right. that's all that. But for him to say, Jason, I'm doing a show. I'm doing a couple shows in Zimbabwe. Will you come with me? Mm. I, because I did a homestay in Zimbabwe when I was 18 years old and I have never been back. And what, what, what is that? What's a homestay? Like a, oh, okay. That's maybe a Japanese term. It, I was on a rotary exchange. So I, I, I lived in Zimbabwe for a year. Oh, like a cultural exchange kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know, with house host parents and and uh, gotcha. Okay, I you know, gotcha. Went to school there, and yeah, I was there for a year, and it was it was terrific. Although, to my shame, while I was there, I bought Oh Mercy, and nothing happened. Right? <laughs> I just eh, oh well, I just it didn't it didn't land. That's the only hmm. downside. So. I would like him to call me up and say, yeah, I'm thinking of doing a kind of a, an old mercy tour of Zimbabwe. Can you come and help me show me around a bit? I'm, I guess I'm starting to do the voice. I should stop doing that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I would like Southern Africa and then maybe down to Cape Town, something. Yeah, I would love to. That's what I would like to do. It's a beautiful part of the world, Rob. And to, yeah, if I get to be on the bus, that's where I'd like to be. Zimbabwe and then down through South Africa. I think we talked about that, not you and I, but we, I think we it came up on another episode, whether Bob has ever actually toured Africa. Is, has he ever? I don't play it there. He don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he's ever actually toured there. He's been on every other continent, but I don't think he's ever toured. So yeah, he could there. make up for not playing ISIS in Nagoya by taking me with him, taking, yeah, down to Zimbabwe and South Africa. I could, you All know, right. I show him around a bit. Uh, yeah. That'd be a nice yeah. trip. Yeah. Hey, old Bob. It'd be a great trip. Bob, and I have a request. Keep that in mind. I have a request for you, Rob. Oh, before okay. we go, no, it's. Uh, I'm sure they've got a pretty groovy uh, gift shop. Oh in yeah, Tulsa, in Tulsa there. Uh, just a really cool postcard. Can you send me a really cool, the best Dylan postcard that you can I, find? I there? will absolutely do that. 
I Greg, you, you, I should tell you, I should tell everybody. Jason sends me postcards from Japan on, on the regular, and I have, I have them actually in a little plastic box just to my left here as I'm recording this, and they're always quite, uh, quite beautiful, uh, random little oh. messages. And I, I will say, uh, thanks to a combination of my old eyes. Jason's handwriting and the pen width that he uses. Sometimes it's hard for me to actually read what he is saying. And so my wife is kind enough to read the postcards to me because I can't quite make them out on my own. So. Yeah, I'd like to get everybody involved. I just sent you a particularly special one last week, Rob. I oh, okay. Excellent. Oh, yes. oh, I look forward to it. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, again, Jason, thank you so much for doing this. You know, I, I, I would have you on every week if I could. It's always a blast talking to you. Thank you. Uh, and I Likewise. love your show. Writers read their early shit. I love that. Such a great podcast. I just listened to the new episode this morning. Anybody listening to this, you should give that show a try if you haven't. It's, it's a really, it's a delightful, fun listen. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Bob's tour continues all the way into 2024. Who knows what he has in store after this? And, uh, who knows if there's maybe again, fingers crossed, another, uh, a, a live album. Uh, but oh, by the way, okay, so we should really wrap this up. But Shadow Kingdom, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you consider that a live album? Is that a live or is that not? It's not, right? Because he didn't play it in front of a crowd. That's that would make that's what makes something a live album is that it's recorded in front of a crowd. Shadow Kingdom was recorded in a studio. All of so, it? Do you th- well, because I was yeah. I was watching it just the other day, and there are some songs where he's clearly lip syncing, and others where I thought. He's not that good a lip syncer. Right. Sure. He doesn't give a shit about lip syncing. He just doesn't. Care. Yeah, but so sometimes it looked really good, and I thought, is he occasionally lip syncing? Is he occasionally singing to a a track? You know, and then I, it's hard to say. The whole thing is a yet another mystery, right? Right. It's like that at the start of the Rolling Thunder show with the with the magic trick, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What's but going I mean, it's- on? Right, but I mean, he, clearly the vocals were recorded in a studio. It was not so. It is not, despite the vid, the movie version, whatever you want to call that. It's yeah. it's not a live album. So this is this is a weird hybrid of kind of a live it's album, a hybrid, but not yeah. really. So, so it's I don't not, know. I I I don't. I hadn't even thought about that. I just thought I can't wait to get that in delicious quality. And, yeah. And oh, I pre-ordered it. it. Yeah, it's already ordered. So just it will be showing up. Actually, it's going to come out, I think, June 2nd. That's the Friday I'll be in Tulsa. So it'll, it'll be waiting for me when I get home. So what a uh, weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a treat. So, uh, well, of course, everybody, thanks so much for listening. You can find all the back episodes of the show on our new website, which is fmpods.com. If you have not subscribed to be a premium member of FM Pods, I really suggest you do. There will be some really cool bonus content coming just for subscribers and it's only 499 a month it's a total deal and you not only you get this show but you will get all the other awesome bob dylan content so go check that out over at over at fmpods.com and of course we're always talking bob over on twitter at pod underscore dylan so that's going to do it thanks everybody for listening and we will see you later bye this is bob dylan え、大変にお疲れのところ誠にお揃いいます。え、私たちはあなたの勉強長年待ち込まれておりました。え、心から歓迎の言葉を申し上げたいと思います。あの、かつてはですね、あの、反戦会いわゆるプロテスト総合
あの一般にですね多くの神様と言われてますがそのことについてはどのようにお思いでしょうか<笑>私はフォークの神ではありませんそれじゃ何ですか何でしょう Then, then what are you? I'm just a person. <laughs>